traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Oh, man, Jim Jordan is in the majority, and it feels great. Congressman Jim Jordan, Republican of Ohio, welcome to the show. And uh, how does the power feel? You deserve it. <laughs> well, uh, good to be with you, Greg. Thanks for all your uh, all you do for freedom in this great country. Uh, uh, well, look, the, the, the truth is the American people deserve the facts. They deserve to know what happened. And frankly, as I said at the press conference, it'd be kind of nice if maybe the FBI just stayed out of presidential elections, stayed out of our elections, period. You know, think about it. in 2016, they, they, were, they spied on President Trump's campaign. 2018, it was the Mueller investigation. 2020, as we were just talking about, they were, they were suppressing the Hunter Biden story, throttling it back on social media because the FBI went and talked to Facebook and got involved there. And of course, in 2022, 91 days before the election, they, they raided the home of a former president. Maybe just let we the people. Decide who's going to represent us and who's going to lead us and not get involved in every stinking election. There are so many issues that they have um, buried and uh, need uh, we need a light shown brightly on it. Uh, Congressman, do me a favor, though. Can you tell the people investigative uh, duties and you uh, Congress has an investigative role here? Some people say, oh, I wish they would not. Uh, you know, they're they're always investigating. Aren't investigations, it's inherently part of your job, and we know the media won't do it, and we know big tech has been protecting them, and we are counting on you for doing it. This is part of Congress's traditional role, isn't it? Yeah, when you take an oath to, to, to uphold the Constitution, part of your job is to is to do oversight so that you keep these federal agencies in line, and you're doing it for a legislative purpose. I mean, think about this issue. I said this today. The legislative purpose, maybe we need to change the, the, the disclosure laws. I mean, it, maybe it would been nice if the country knew that, oh, by the way, Joe Biden's son is involved in all these different business operations with, with our adversaries around the world. Uh, it, one of the other key things is, as you mentioned, the relationship big tech and big government had and how it was so cozy in working together to keep information from we the people. I mean, there have been surveys and, and polling done that suggest if the American people in October of 2020 would have had full access to the Hunter Biden story – it would have changed who they decided to vote for for president of the United States. And maybe if maybe if that plays out and yet Americans actually get access to information they should have had access to, we don't get a 41-year high inflation rate, $5 gas, record crime, no border, and, and attacks on our First Amendment and Second Amendment rights that we've seen from the Biden administration. So it has real consequences. So, yeah, we have to do this. When you hold your hand up, swear to uphold the Constitution on January 3rd as a member of Congress, part of your duty is to do oversight. And what 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 will you have now uh, in the majority that you didn't have in the minority? How how what happens technically where you guys can actually wage and conduct these investigations where you couldn't before? Subpoena power, and 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 you get to control when the hearings happening. If you have public hearings and who the witnesses are, that's all done by the majority party. So that that is a huge change because th- then you can bring in the three witnesses that you want to bring in. The minority gets the one witness. You control the subject matter of those hearings, and, and you can present the facts that you've uncovered in, in, in your investigation from the depositions you get to do. And if you have to, from people you've subpoenaed for those depositions, 
uh, that's how, that, that's the big change when you're in the majority. And, and understand, we released a report two weeks ago, a thousand-page report about how political the Justice Department has become. Uh, Fourteen FBI agents came to us as whistleblowers. Now think about it. They're coming to us in the minority, but they're willing to do it because it's so bad. One of the agents who came to us as a whistleblower said the FBI at the highest level, the Washington field office level, the highest level, he said, is rotted at the core. I mean think about that. This is a guy who's given his life to this agency, does good work, but his agency that he works for, he is saying rotted at the core. So this is how political this place has become, and I want to know who at the FBI went to talk to Facebook and told him to throttle back the Hunter Biden story. Did they go talk to Twitter? Who Did they go talk to the 51 former intel officials who signed that letter, that letter which became the pretext for suppressing this story in the first place? How did how was that put together? Did the FBI have a role in that? We know that these people, once they leave government, keep their security clearance. So who were they talking to in the government, and who was, what were they telling these people who signed that letter, Mr. Brennan, Mr. Clapper, and all these all these folks? So those are important questions that we need to get answered. All right. Well, you know, we came into this. That press conference was just a little while ago. You've got subpoena power now and the scheduling power. What is the priority? Is there are all of these kind of at, at the same level? Is there a single one that you want to pick and specialize in, or what? Lay out the priorities for us, if you would, please. I think I think the priority for for me, and I, I think for the country, is how political the Justice Department has become. Greg, I said this at the, the press conference. We live in the greatest country ever. America's the greatest nation in history, but we are not America. America is not America. If you have a Justice Department that treats people differently under the law, because it's supposed to be equal treatment under the law, let's follow the law, let's follow the fact, let's follow the Constitution. They're supposed to be due process. That's how it works. But right now, that is not the case. And again, it's not Jim Jordan saying it. It's 14 FBI agents who have come to House Judiciary Republican staff members and told us what's going on at the FBI. And it started with that very first whistleblower came to us a year ago on the school board issue. And he came to and said, this is the threat tag they're putting on these parents. They're going out and investigating over two dozen parents for simply showing up at a school board meeting, speaking up for their kid. That is sickening, and it's progressed since then, and it's all about politics, all the way, I think, to the rating of, of former President Trump's home 91 days before this midterm election. So to me, that's the most important because it, it goes to the fundamentals of what makes our country so special. Um, so that's where we're going to focus. And, of course, there's others. I mean – the border situation is in our jurisdiction, too, and we got to focus on that. But but I think first and foremost is what the Justice Department has been up to. Well, what makes you special, uh, in addition to all your technical skill, the passion, and you and Matt Gates, you're not intimidated. And I notice this with the left. They'll use the military. They'll use the men and women of law enforcement. You know, how can you question the men and women of law enforcement? And you don't you don't let that dissuade you. It, it, it does work with some people. Oh, how can we question law enforcement? But I, I think a lot of folks don't realize that these institutions are here to serve the people, not the other way around. And I, I tell you, it's a breath yeah. of fresh air when yeah. you just go, when you just plow ahead and demand the question because you're representing us. And it's kind of a beautiful thing. That's democracy, in my opinion. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, you're exactly right. And it's interesting. Every one of these whistleblowers, they, they have been very clear. The problem is at the Washington field office and the highest levels of the FBI. And the Justice Department. It is not the rank and file agents. It, it is it is there, and, and there has to be fundamental structural change. But you can't get that change if you first don't show the American people how serious, how wrong, how bad it's gotten. 
So that's part of the part of holding people accountable is getting the facts out there so people fully know, fully comprehend what in fact is going on in our government and in particular the, one of the most powerful agencies in our government, the Justice Department. All right, a couple of quick things. Number one, I heard this during uh, the, well, the past year or so that when Republicans take power, they'll impeach President Biden. Uh, do you think that'll happen? Do you think that's a good idea? That, that's, that's totally a question for the full conference. Uh, Leader McCarthy and our entire team, that's something we will have to decide. That's not my focus. Uh, my focus, I think Representative Comer's focus, is the facts, is the truth. And what that may mean for, you know, the courts have been very clear, and the Constitution, I think, is clear. There has to be a legislative purpose to the investigations we do. So remember how this investigation really focused and started on on the Hunter Biden and the Biden family business operations. It's because of what big tech was doing with big government. So this is all about Section 230, things we may need to change in the the area, the tech, uh, dealing with big tech and that part of the law. But also disclosure. Maybe it had been pretty, pretty, probably pretty important for us to know that Hunter Biden had all these business relationships, as we said earlier, with all these adversaries around the world. So I think I think that's an important focus too. As far as impeachment, that that'll be a question for the full conference. But we need to do the investigations and get get to the truth, get to the facts, and make sure the country fully understands it. And uh, Kevin McCarthy is the next speaker, or not? Yeah, I've been I've been I've been clear. My, my, I believe he should be. Um, my my attitude is, I say all the time, my background in sports, you know this too, Greg. Um, you know, the, the the guy who gets you to the Super Bowl gets to coach a game, and um, maybe maybe the maybe the NFC Championship game was a little tighter than you thought, but if you win, you win, and it seems to me that that's good. And I, I will say this, Kevin, I think has kept our team together much better than any previous previous Republican leaders we've had, and so I appreciate I appreciate that. So, uh, by the way, uh, Jim Jordan has a great book, Do What You Said You Would Do, Fighting for Freedom in the Swamp, by Congressman Jim Jordan, available wherever books are sold. Um, what was the big – did you ever have a rude awakening when you got to D.C.? What was like, uh-oh, this is not. This is going to be a lot harder than I thought? When you first got there and you're like, uh, oh, oh, it works this way, not the way I thought. Was there a moment like that? Yeah, I have to think. There's probably been several moments like, like, like that. Um you know, I, I guess sometimes it's just how difficult it is to actually affect the kind of change that you think the voters, the voters voted for. And you, you know, I, I always, I always say the line, and you, you just said it's the title of of, of my book. But that, you know, we make this job too complicated. What'd you tell the voters you were going to do when you ran for the job, if they give you the privilege of serving? And understand, Greg, only in the only about twelve thousand people in the entire history of our country have had the privilege of serving in the United States Congress. If you get that privilege. Go do what you said, and when you get here, you find like, well, how how much time people spend in trying to figure out ways not to do what we told the voters we were going to do. So let's just do what we said. I think it's pretty basic, and frankly, it's one of the reasons I like and appreciate President Trump so much because he did it better than any president we've ever had. He came here with everyone against him in this town and did more of what he said he was going to do than anyone I've ever seen. So. I, I appreciate that, and but I think that's probably the kind of the, the the real awakening I got is like, man, we spend a lot of time it seems like in this town, kind of trying not to not to do that. The other thing I think is is, is really shocking is just how left and radical the Democrat Party has become. The radical left controls that party, and the crazy things they want to do is is I think shocking to most Americans today. You know, with President Trump, it's true. Like everybody says, uh, Washington always wins. I've heard that. I've heard that from Democrats and Washington. They go to Washington to change it, 
and Washington always changes them. You can look at President Trump. <laughs> Washington did yeah. definitely not change that guy. <laughs> uh, but I did see I did see some signs of a of a different type of approach, and I liked what I saw. Uh, Tuesday night, I think it could be yeah. a little bit shorter, a few, uh, maybe a few less tangents, but the tone was terrific. What'd you think? No, I did too. And I always say there's the thing I think is so impressive about President Trump is there is a bond between President Trump and the people who support him. Um, I equate it to a great coach. You know, the, the the really great coaches put the interest of their athletes first and the athlete understands that and because he understands that the athlete is willing to sell out for his coach and his team and there is that kind of relationship between president trump and 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 americans and his supporters uh, if you've been to any of his rallies you can feel it sense it it's why he has those huge rallies he had a, he had one the night before the election in dayton ohio which is tremendous his speech was tremendous and i think it's a special thing and you know one of the things he says at many of his rallies is he says they're coming after me because I'm fighting for you. Yeah. And the folks the folks in this great country appreciate a leader like that who's willing to to stand up to all the stuff he's had to stand up to. Um it's pretty special. Hey, last thing, um you know, uh January 6th the hearings were a total farce and I just I I, I respectfully ask that the Republicans uh, look into uh the security failings which there were and the January 6th mm-hmm. committee chose not to and refused to actually look at that. They wanted to, you know, listen to what Steve Bannon said in some podcast and, and, and make it all about that stuff. Uh, yeah. And the other thing is I wanted to ask you, uh, if somebody wants, I get callers all the time and they're like, you know, I, I called my congressman. Or, Why doesn't my congressman do this? What's the best way to engage a congressman? My advice has been if you write a letter, things happen. If you put pen to paper, it's not good enough to write an email. It's not good enough to call the office. Uh, but a pen to paper, things start to possibly happen with your with your members. Is that a fair uh, is that fair advice? Yeah, yeah. Or uh, I mean, but frankly, email letter. But sometimes it is. It's that that letter from a constituent. It's like they took the time to get out pencil and paper and put it down, put it in an envelope, put the stamp on it, and send it. God bless them. Um, but yeah, that's how a representative democracy works. Is you you contact your member of Congress, you tell them what's on your mind. And you expect them to address your situation and to uh, and to work on that matter. So uh, that that is critically important. That, that's that's sort of the hallmark. And frankly, the House is the body that's supposed to be closest to the people. So I always say that you know every two years the voters get a chance to throw us all out, and that's a good thing. It keeps you honest, keeps you focused on your job and who you represent. Awesome. Well, listen, I'm so glad you're there. I think you're there for a reason, obviously. Congressman Jim Jordan, Republican of Ohio, thanks for being with us, and uh, please keep in touch. All the best. You bet, Greg. Take care. Thanks. You bet. You bet. Thank you, sir. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.